Hi, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Queen's MedLife Podcast, hosted by myself, Noah, Abby, and Alex. Today, we are fortunate to welcome Alessandro Zagara to the podcast. Alessandro was born and raised in Lima, Peru. She attended San Ignacio de Loyola University, where she received a bachelor's degree in hospitality management. At Med International, Alessandro works as a chapter coordinator. She is delighted to be part of MedLife and their work to empower communities and generate sustainable impact. Thank you for being here today, Alessandra. Okay, so Alessandra, we're obviously really excited to have you here today. We're going to kick off the podcast by asking you if you could explain your roles and responsibilities within the MedLife organization. Okay, so so thank you so much, guys, for having me here. Mainly, my role as a chapter coordinator is to coordinate with the chapters our main campaigns and have constant communication with them. At the beginning of the semester, we establish our goals for each campaign, so I just make sure to provide them with all the resources they need and follow up on their progress. Yeah, so the next question we have here is, how did you become involved in MedLife, and how long have you been working with this organization? So, at first, it was through a friend's connection. Um, well, I started with to be in uh, in our expansion team at MedLife. After a few months, I applied to be the chapter coordinator as the position was open. As part of the transition, I get to meet all the executive of each chapter, and it was amazing. I was extremely happy. They are really motivated and passionate about this movement. And well, I've been working with them for six months now since this academic year started. Amazing. And in your opinion, because you've been at MedLife for some time now, could you tell us kind of the mission of MedLife and what MedLife means to you? Sure. So as probably you know, um, we are a nonprofit organization. Our mission is to empower the poor in their fight for equal access to healthcare, education, and a safe home. The best part of this is that we do it by listening, collaborating with community leaders, and prioritizing our sustainability or their sustainability with working working with local doctors, local professionals. And well, what MedLife means to me and how can I, I can describe the MedLife movement is that we are the voice of the ones that are not heard. You cannot imagine how much faith they have in us. When we do the mobile clinics, leaders of the communities are very grateful, not just with MedLife stuff, but with the students too, because you know, you are the ones that make things happen. You are the ones breathing bringing healthcare to people who may have not received in a long time or perhaps they have never received it. Yeah, that, that's truly amazing, the mission and the work being done within MedLife. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, our world is constantly evolving um, in many different aspects. Have you found that over the years, the mission has changed slightly to kind of fit the needs? Well, our mission has never changed. We have improved our way of operating it is something that we absolutely has had evolved. Initially, when we run the mobile clinics with the general, we just have general members and dental stations only. Then OBGYN and then educational talks were implemented. And later on, um, the development projects too. But the it I cannot change, I cannot say that the mission has changed. It hasn't. What it has changed is the how. Amazing. I think that that kind of change in how you're operating as opposed to your mission is really what promotes like the sustainable change happening within the organization, which is great. Um, So now we're going to ask you, in your opinion, what do you feel are the most significant needs in these low income countries that you and the MedLife organization works with? 
I will say that the main thing is access, access to basic services in medicine, education, and development. The communities that we work with have similar characteristic, characteristics, uh, which is to the limitation of access. In the case of development, for example, they do not have switch system, running water, and sometimes they do not have even electricity either. In the case of education, schools are very deteriorated, and in some cases without, without teachers, without professionals, um, but had happened if they they do have teachers, schools are kind of an hour or two hours away. In the case of medicine, I will say it is the most significant need. We have hospitals in the city, of course, but in order to get an appointment, people have to queue in a process of three, four hours to get it. And then in order to go to that appointment, you just have to wait for three, four months. So I will say that it's just mainly access to it. Amazing. So our next question for you is if you could speak a little bit on how MedLife aims to support these major concerns of not having accessible services in these countries. Okay, so the way what that we support them is through our follow-up program. This program has like two approaches, the follow-up with the patients and the follow-up on projects. The follow-up the follow-up of the patients after it, it begins after the mobile clinics when we find a difficult diagnosis, just we just um make sure they attend to their medical appointments. We make sure they receive their medicine for free. We are able to cover the transportation, meals, surgeries, if, it required, if it's required. In the case of the project follow-up, let's be realistic. A house cannot be built in one day, in a week. That is why we hire local professionals to help us to make sure the project gets done. From our side, they have like constant support 24 seven. Um, and yeah. Yeah, well, it's very much known and you've made it very clear that MedLife really puts an effort into creating sustainable um, sustainable operations and sustainability in low-income countries. So from your perspective, how do you think you've observed the sustainability aspect in these places? And are the people in these locations, do you find them more self-sufficient now than they were before MedLife's interventions? Okay, so absolutely. For example, here in Lima, um, the most requested projects are stairs. Maybe someone will then will not take this into account, but here in Lima, people live on the hillsides. The construction of stairs give them both security and reinforces their self-esteem in society. On the other hand, another example that I can give you is the construction of greenhouses in Cusco. Specifically in the town of Chahuayquire, this year they had a snow season and the snow automatically automatically destroys the products they have planted. However, with these projects, their products have not been affected. We began to implement greenhouses with low-cost designs, quick insulation, e equally effective, and with a long direction duration uh, prognosis compared the, to what others have. We had such a great result with that that now it is an example for other communities and they are already beginning to implement it themselves. And that's what we are looking for, like their own sustainability as a community. Amazing. Um, the next thing we wanted to touch on was obviously you live in some of these communities and you've helped out um, a lot of people along the way through your journey with MedLife. And we were just wondering if you could touch on some more stories um, that stick with you that you've personally had or seen um, when you could have seen the impact that MedLife had on the people's lives in these communities. Okay, so I when I saw at MedLife, as part of my training is to experience the SLT, 
that first SLT that I have was in Lima. Um, I was in the pharmacy station and a mom, well, a mother came to receive her medicine and I noticed that she was with her daughter. And I asked her like, hey, have you already passed through OBGYN already or not? Would you like to? And she said, she immediately, immediately said no. And I was like, what? What would be the reason? And she was like, because I haven't had my first test relation. And I was, but you can get checked even though you haven't had your first sex relation, just making sure everything down there is okay. If it teaches or something. And when I explained that to her, she was a little bit scared. But I, when I explained that to her mom, she was super interested on that. And she was more than willing to be with her during the consult. And then it's, and there is when I realized that we are making a change. We are providing knowledge, even if it's just basic stuff, you know, we are, we are making things happen. And well, I will say another example can be Daniela's story from Ecuador. She used to live in a not really great conditions with her kids. With our SLT participants that came in May 2022, we started to build her a house. And after a few months, we were able to finish it. And of course, that's thanks to the support of our SLT students. And now Daniela has a safe home to live with her family. And that is amazing. <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you for sharing those stories. Um, our next question for you. I was wondering if you could explain how MedLife chooses which countries and communities to serve. That's a really very good question. First of all, the entire team of MedLife programs is from the same community that we work with or have lived in. They create connections and they help us to find new communities by having like a list of communities. So once we have that list, they enter into an evaluation process. This is to know how organized the members of the communities are, are to be able to carry out activities. So first, we start with the organization of educational workshops. We see how good their logistics are. We test mobile clinics. And finally, we carry out the projects in the community. MedLife does not choose community randomly as we seek their sustainability and progress. Um, it has happened to us that we do the run, we run the educational workshops, like they pass the first stage. And then when we try to carry out the mobile clinics, they have like some internal issues with their own members. And that's that's kind of the difficult part because sometimes they do not accept like the support that we want to do. That's why we have a process to evaluate their capacity of organization. Yeah, that's really amazing. It seems like a common theme uh, throughout MedLife is purpose. And uh, the purpose really seems to be making a big difference in people's lives. So the next question I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned earlier a few personal stories of yours, um, but I wanted to ask specifically, what trips have you attended? And uh, what were some of the most memorable moments from those experiences for you? So I attended into two. One in Lima and the other one in Cusco. A part of my training, as I was saying before, we all have to experience the SLT. Um, in Lima, what I what I remember besides that, the mobile clinic is that we, for that SLT, we, for a project day, we renovated a kindergarten. We painted all, we added some plants, we decorated with beautiful flowers. 
And there were two kids that they were drawing us the entire day. And at the end of the day, they asked us if we could take a picture with them. And it was it was really moving. Um, everyone cried because it was like, the kids were the ones that are tell that were really, really thankful because we were generating like a change or changing their perspective of that kindergarten. And yeah, well, that's the that's the one that I highlight the most. And then, well, the other one in Cusco, we were 15 SLT participants and we tried to build a greenhouse. We couldn't even finish that day. It was extremely difficult. I don't know how they, the community members do it by themselves. But well, of course, Medley makes sure always project gets done. And now it works. So that's the two experiences I have. Amazing. Those sound really moving. And I know I think Alex has been on an SLT and Noah and I are really exciting to go so we can have some stories like that of our own. Um, I'm going to move forward and ask you, based on the voids that you've personally recognized in global health, what factors do you feel need to be changed in this area? So at least in the communities where we work, one of the most important aspects and the one that requires the most attention is the access to public health. To give you an idea, 64% of people affiliated with health insurance are in the free public health system in our country here in Peru. That means that our, there are more than 7 million people affiliated. And here in Peru, we have 144 hospitals that can perform operation and care on a larger scale through the country. So it is 144 public hospitals for 6 million people. So people are literally dying to have a medical appointment and with a waiting list between three or six months. So if there is a void, it is access to medicine, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's I can't even wrap my head around that. Um... I know you've kind of touched already on some of the really rewarding experiences um, from trips, but from your perspective, how do people living in these communities enjoy the contributions of MedLife and the students coming to help like on these service learning trips? The community that received our volunteers has always been grateful because more volunteers means we have more doctors, more gynecologists, we do more development projects. You as students, as part of our MedLife movement, represents hope for the communities, right? So the greatest contribution we have is actually the follow-up program. As I was saying before, in the mobile clinics, we sometimes find lesions in the uterus, anomalies in the breasts, some lumps, possible tumors that are just being discovered. With a follow-up program, the community feels safer, more supported, and we create very strong bonds with them. Our nurses become part of the family sometimes and a benefit to the communities or becomes more and more tangible and visible. Yeah, it's, it's really amazing to see the community come together um, with MedLife's mission. And it's uh, it's such a powerful one. You know, there's, uh, there's many other organizations, um, for example, Doctors Without Borders, Habitat for Humanity, um, and many more. I'm curious, uh, from your opinion, what do you think differentiates MedLife from these other organizations with similar goals? I will say like we take care a lot or we care a lot about the cultural sensitivity, sensitivity. That is why we were hand in hand with the local professionals, local nurses, local doctors, local engineers who understand the culture of the country and how to work in each destination. 
also the type of projects. Projects are not the same in all destinations all, or in the same countries. They are always based on the community needs. Um, also can be that patient follow-up. The nurses, as I was saying before, they just not fulfill their role as nurses. They create such a strong bond with patients that they, as, as, as they already live in those conditions, as they already live in those communities. So they understand more what are their daily problems or the issues that are facing. And finally, I will say that we do not have external financing. financing. Um, everything is thanks to the collaboration and commitment of our students. Amazing. I love how much you've talked about how like the students come and help out these communities. One thing, though, that can be touched on with this is obviously you um, have lived within these communities your whole life, but we have students coming in from all over the world. How do you work in a culturally sensitive way to honor the customs and values of the local communities? Or like, how do you educate the students that are coming to work in these communities about those customs? So before the SLT, you all have like pre-meeting trip. So you will learn more about the economical, political, and medical situation in the country. What are the, the things that you perhaps do not have to do or do not have to say or do not have to wear because of the cultural sensitivity. So we prepared you guys before the trip. And also you have, uh, during our the first day of your SLT, you have your welcome meeting and orientation. Um, their trip leader also explained to you what are the things that you we'll see the things that you don't know you do not have to do in case this happens and everything and you've talked a lot about you know medlife and how it prioritizes the community's needs um i was wondering if you could kind of help us understand how do you balance medicine education and community development when prioritizing projects within a community that medlife works on Okay, so as mentioned before, we have a whole process regarding the activities to be carried out in the community. It's got, is given by stages and evaluation. It is very rare and very difficult for us to carry out projects in new communities because it happens to be internal conflicts and everything. So we have found a balance thanks to the stages. If they pass the first one, then pass the second one, the final stage is to develop the project under a community. That's how we find the balance. So the next question we have for you here, um, and it's kind of a new question these days, is how has COVID impacted MedLife's organization and its mission, and how have you had to adapt to it? Okay, the mission, as, as I was saying before, has never been affected or changed. It changed the how. COVID really impacted the trips a lot. All the trips were, were canceled and rescheduled. But we find a way to continue providing education to our volunteers through our virtual service learning trip. Thanks to the quick adaptation and decision making, it was during the pandemic that our Moving Mountains fundraising campaign was created, a super strong campaign that provided more than a million meals um, to our community during the peak of the pandemic. Uh, it was thanks also to through our soup kitchen. We never stopped caring for our patients. Projects were completed by members of the same community with distance supervision or supervision. Also, our mini bed center located in Lima, which was initially a kindergarten, um, changed or adjust to be a soup kitchen. Also, we add a bakery 
we got a grocery store and a computer lab so the our kids from the communities do not lose their studies or their courses. So thanks to our fast decision making, I will say we adapt very well. And this is actually our final question for you. So we've talked a lot about how students can come on these SLTs and help out these communities. Unfortunately, some students just aren't able to come on the SLTs due to whatever reason. So we were wondering if you could touch on if students aren't able to attend an SLT, what are some other ways that they can support MedLife and get involved? They can absolutely participate in our main campaigns, such as Movie Mountains, which is our main fundraising campaign that provides direct support to all of our projects. This year, this is um, our campaign is called Health for Her to support women in our communities and support the construction of our future med center that will be located here in Lima, Peru. We also have a referral program called Grow the Movement, which allow us to create more chapters in the world, making our impact bigger. So those will be those mainly two campaigns um, and how students can get involved in the MedLife movement. And of course, more students, a bigger impact. That's amazing. Well, Alessandra, that's all for our questions today, but we really wanted to thank you for coming onto the podcast today. Um, you discussed amazing, amazing points um, and uh, we're really going to cherish this and uh, hopefully the listeners can uh, learn a lot about MedLife and um, the impact this organization is making on their uh, on their lives every day. So thank you so much for coming and joining us today. Thank you so much, guys, for having me here. Thank you for tuning in to the Queen's MedLife podcast. That's all for this episode. See you next time.